Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. And I'm Jason. And I'm Erin. Welcome to the Microbrew Review. This is episode 41. Woo. We're getting close to 50. Uh, we are so close to 50. We're also getting close to a year, which I'm super excited about. I can only imagine what kind of anniversary party we can throw. And we talk about it a lot now, but that's just because it's in the back of my head and sometimes the front of my head and I'm always thinking <laughs> about it. But so you're going to try to coincide uh, 50 with the year? That would be about right, actually, because we don't miss weeks very often. So, you know, if you figure 52 weeks in a normal year, probably we'll hit a year right around like 47 or 48, but yeah. I bet we can milk it. Big bash. We can, we can make our own fun and stretch reality a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So today on the podcast, I'm dialing it back for Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and for other lightweight uh, drinkers out there. There are lots of them, I am sure. We have yet to find out how many of them listen to our podcast, but I'm <laughs> sure they exist. Um, and or Max slipped me a 50 and said, please don't make me keep doing these low ABV beers. Oh. That could also happen. Uh, but after she survived Uganda. That was the country. I was, like, <laughs> I was having some beer that was a little, little watery. Came from somewhere in Africa that people shouldn't be making beer. Yep. Right. Yep. So these are going to be better than Ugandan beer. I can only imagine. I mean, <laughs> I have that pretty low, but where to go but up. I have not had either of them, though logic says odds are in our favor. Um, we are starting. This makes me so happy. I can't wait to pass this around and make you guys try to pronounce it because I can't. Um, Lavery Brewing Company out of Erie, Pennsylvania. So, you know, close to home. Gotta love it. Uh, this is a farmhouse ale, and I am sure our loyal listeners have heard me say that this is my style of choice for summer. Um, I like farmhouse ale. It's often called Saison. It's unfiltered. Uh, all of the beer at Lavery is also uh, bottle conditioned, and I believe it says unpasteurized, which we learned from one of Jason's trivia events is not really a big deal because it's beer. It doesn't have to be pasteurized. Uh, and it's 4.5%. <laughs> I think Woo. the last time I drank a beer that was 4.5% was the Ugandan beer episode. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So uh, I thought that was a good place to start. That being said, and I am going to pass it around, Erin uh, first, since she's a smart kid in the room. She has a degree in library science, right? I do. All I right. Do. Ms. Librarian, please pronounce the name of that beer for Oh, me. this doesn't make me an expert. I'm terrible with those languages. Well, it looks like leopard or... It does look like so leopard or, but are those letters really... At Lepar first I thought it said leopard oil. oil. Oh, leopard or? does not say that. Leopard or? How, what's the last word? O-U-R? I see it as O-I-R. And then a lion. And then a lion at the and bottom. And a lion. And what are bretomyces? Bretomyces. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what part of the label you're reading, but oh, it sounds really kinky. Un <laughs> unfiltered bottle condition with Bretamonsies. Bretamonsies. No? Nothing? No. Let me see. I like the label, though. Lavery Brewery Company. What do you like about it? I like the lion. You like the lion? It actually looks very much like the um, Plantagenet lion. Who knew? Do you know what it is? Okay, I'll have to look it up. I have their website open. Bretanomyces. I decided that they named that after Brewer Brett. I don't know if Brewer Brett exists or not, but it just sounded like something awesome to say, hey, you know, 
Brett put his own TLC in this bottle, oh. and therefore, no, I don't. Totally <laughs> How up. would you pronounce the label? Lep Lepard? Oh, it's Leo, Lepard. though. Almost like Kate and Leopold. It's L-I-O. Leopard. But isn't mm. Kate and Leopold L-E? Jason, what, what do you say? Leopard. What is it? A war? Yeah, right? It sounds very fancy schmancy for a Pennsylvania brewery, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, the problem is I went on the website for Lavery, and I thought it was kind of funny because they have, like, a plea on the main site. About Please pronounce our name right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, really? No, no kidding. That's what it is. It says, by the way, it's pronounced Lavery, not Lavery, a soft A in the middle, similar to have, not gave. Thank you very much. <laughs> Isn't there a P, though? So, uh, Lavery. Okay, Lavery. Well, it's, it is after their last name. It's a husband and wife. So, yeah, okay, Lavery. Wait, let me see the label again. But that's about how to say the name of the brewery, not to say the name of the beer. Oh, the Lavery. And so when I bring up the beer, Leopold? No, they really don't help me with this at all. It's a beer for the ladies, crazies and connoisseurs. Oh. Leopard. You're, you're one of those. I'm a lady? Yes. Sure, we we'll were just talking that. about that. I'm just a mistress. <laughs> I'm just a beer mistress. Uh, a floral, hoppy, and fruity French-style saison. Completely undescribable, so we won't even try. Our interpretation is five types of grains, noble hops, and three different strains of yeast. The yeast is the star of the show, and the beer ends dry and crisp and bottle conditioned with, okay, you ready? Bretomyces clausenii, a wild yeast that adds a fruity tart and mildly funky aroma and flavors to the ale. What's a wild yeast? Like it's crazy as in terms of like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if we open crazy, a lot of yeast like that's found yeast. in the wild. <laughs> okay, I am going to actually hold this bottle down when I open it in case the wild yeast decides to like escape <laughs> through the top. Could happen. Yeah, it could I feel happen. like that's something happening in like Harry Potter. Listen, don't ever these. admit this out loud, but what I miss most about Ian not being on the podcast is that he's the poorer extraordinaire, and it's just like, oh, you mean I have to do all this work now? All right. By poorer, yeah, you mean like actually pouring the drink, not less wealthy. <laughs> 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 that's awful. I didn't even think of that. Because I'm pretty sure about 90% of people thought that that's what you meant no. when you first said it. No, I mean, I could just sit in the corner and just sort of hold court and hold all the equipment and decide when we're moving on. And he makes magic by, like, opening everything and passing it around and making sure all of our fancy glasses are rinsed and stuff. Thank you. I oh, I got a magic elf ale glass. Mad elf. Mad elf. Mad Elf. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a G. And that there was a magical I and C after that. I thought maybe the Elf exist. was the I and the C. I don't know. <laughs> so I do like that we learned how to say the name of the brewery, Lavery, but we still have no idea how to say the name of the beer. Let's hope the answer is delicious. Okay, there's like an ounce and a half in the bottom, and I claim it. And here's why. Aaron, hold yours up next to mine, and look at the difference in color. Oh, yeah, it's a lot lighter. Yeah. So you definitely Mine got the bottom of the, so yeah. the first. In a Saison, I love the bottom. And there are there are people who will say you shouldn't drink all that down there because it's not the same. They're right. I like it better. I just think it's got a little more, like, meatiness and earthiness. And Well, yeah. I, I um, my friend brews his own beer, and he, at the bottom of his homebrew, there's always, like, leafy stuff. Not mm -hmm. leafy yeah. stuff, but almost like tea. Sure. 
So, um, so whenever I go to drink out of the bottle, he's like, oh, don't do that. that well, and that's why... Is that what this is, too? Uh, it's very similar, yes. Well, but it's also, it's unfiltered. So you're getting all of the sort of the things that cook off of the grains. While so is that like a homebrew? Um, it's harder to filter homebrew beer just because it's one more step that you have to manage large quantities of liquid. Um, yeah, it's just hard to filter it when you've got, you know, five gallons and a rolling boil and everything else. Keep in mind, it's also why the Egyptians, when they drank beer, they did it through a straw because they didn't really have a way to strain it. So they would just pull the straw above all of the sediment at the bottom of the beer and just drink the liquid up top. Really? I know the Egyptians had straws. <laughs> yeah. Right? I well, I think it was like they a... did it almost like with the papyrus, like the stuff that, you um, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Sort of like they'd show in the comics when they're floating downstream and they're underwater. What was it? Um, the Disney movie. The fox. With the Fox and the Hound? No. Robin Hood? Hood? Yes. Okay, so the Robin Hood oh, fox is underwater. The water. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly what I thought of when you said it, too. <laughs> For real? breathing underwater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what do you think? I like it. So it's got a lot more flavor than the Ugandan beer. Okay, we're going to start with the low compliments. <laughs> well, well, no, that's a good... I mean, do you want to try some of the sediment and see if it changes your opinion? No. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> it's like, nope, nope, I'm perfectly okay. I've never been a huge uh, farmhouse saison person, though. No. Or a sediment person, either. That's what he said on yeah. our uh, Tank House 7 Thanksgiving podcast, too. Was the farmhouse? That I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's, it is. I tried to get Ian to try it the other week, and he goes, I don't know. Jason wasn't really a fan. I'm not sure why you want to make me try it. <laughs> Thanks, E. There are no secrets. When you say it on a podcast, there are no secrets. So it's relatively bitter, and it kicks uh, um, the same way that I'd say like a lager does. Yes. Um, but Aaron likes But it lager, also has, it's, it's like a lager, but far know. more bitter. <laughs> Okay. Far more bitter than a lager. It is bitter. It's yeah. not bad. It's not heavy, but it does have a bitter. Do you see why this could be a, my version of a hot weather beer? Refreshing, tart, not heavy, low ABV. Yes. It's kind of, yeah, like a, like a lemonade. You get that tartness out of it. I could see that. Like, I would rather have this than one of your shandies, even though they have about the same ABV. See, but the shandy is fun in a glass. <laughs> this is like... Bitter, well composed. Like a, this is wild glass. yeast, though, Jason. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Wild yeast is punching By in the glass face number right two. You know, we might be throwing our bras over our heads because the yeast got us a little wild. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's keep drinking. <laughs> so um, I, that's why I don't want to do the sediment. It's because I feel like it's going to be even more bitter. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, so her glass are... is probably more bitter than my glass. Right. You want to try it? Hey, that's what we like. That go get him a willing to try anything spirit. Here it is. There'd be a drum roll, but we can add that in later. <laughs> yep, we're bitter. <laughs> is it like significantly yeah. so, or? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. You can even like feel it on the. Aren't the bitter parts of your tongue on the sides or something? I heard that that's not real. I've heard that too, but I haven't actually read anything to verify that whether or not. As science is progressing, they're discovering that that uh, like. That you taste, what is it, bitter with the front of your tongue? Yeah, it breaks sweet it down to like, what, like eight different parts of your tongue and right. each thing tastes something a and little bit. I heard different. they were like, no, actually, all taste begin with? How did they come up with it to begin with? I don't know. I mean, it makes sense, though, to think, you know, hey, in the wild, when you have to taste to see if something's poisonous, most of the time it's bitter, so you only touch it with the tip of your tongue, as opposed to the back of your tongue when you're pretty much dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You've already swallowed it at that point. You're just done right. for. Right. Yeah. Mm. Oh, God. Wish we, are, that. we are full of a lot of helpful things. Survival knowledge, not one of them. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Special guest star this week, Bear Grylls. Uh, <laughs> coming Did on to Taste no the Beat. No. Oh, it looks... His well. new show? Yes. The one with the naked people in the wild? I've seen that show, but I didn't know that that was a Bear Grylls oh, I show. Oh, I don't know, but that's the only one naked I can Naked and of. Alone is the one you're talking about? No. Isn't it's it? like, it's couples. Yeah, I think they get dropped a, off. Yeah, but they're naked. not real couples. They never met each other before. Oh, really? Yes. Can oh. you imagine just showing up, like, not even at the airport, but you just like, hello, I am naked. Nice to meet you. Look at me in the eye. Look me in the eye. Look me in the eye. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it sounds like the best Big Brother episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, too, with with the one with the couples they dropped off, they um, were given the chance to drop out after the producer went into the wild and a snake bit him, and then he got some sort of infection where the flesh started to rot off. And yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. Ah, just in case you, you want to, you know, not do this, we understand, and they all still want to do it. I'd be like, nope, nope. What did they win? Do you have any idea? Well, I don't know. Stupidity Award, I, I really don't know. I can only imagine, this is on network TV, right? Yeah, yeah I want to say it's Discovery or something. Yeah, Discovery. Can you imagine all of the blurring that has to happen for 60 minutes of naked of television? Yeah. Like, they wow. usually do clothe themselves pretty quick, though, I think. Don't they usually get some sort of like string around them to I don't know. I haven't seen it. Cover things the commercials, up. there's a lot of blurriness, though. I'm wow. sure. Well, the commercial wants to sell it. And I'm sure yeah. that's a good way to sell it. Hey. My sexy elbow really sells. Woo, look how naked that is. That's a, that's a shoulder. <laughs> I have that's an elbow shoulder. very close to my shoulder. It's also naked. Just going to say that. The yeast is too wild for Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I have seen that one. I don't know how I feel about it. But going back to Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. Nice. <laughs> What's his name? You said Bear Grylls. That's awesome. <laughs> Beer on the brain for Aaron right Beer now. Beer on the Grylls. Um, isn't he the guy who also hung out at a hotel as opposed to rocking yeah. it? Yeah. 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 So well, is, this, is he going know, to like really show. not like... He is hosting a reality show of, I think, eight couples who are trying to follow him through the wild. Right. What, did they just not run quick enough for him? Uh, no, more like when he's Bear Grylls, so they're going to have to drink their pee and scale mountains with their fingertips and, Eat bugs. you know, live inside of camels and all sorts of other ridiculous stuff. Um, and I think it's kind of like the amazing race where at the end of each episode, the people who are the farthest behind or just oh. who haven't exactly made it or, you know, airlifted out and they next week they move on a little faster. Wait, is his name Bear Grylls? Yeah. G-R-Y-L-L-S, I think. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's British. Grylls. Oh. Bear Grylls, yeah. Bear Grylls. No. I don't know why. I like that better. Continue. Call Sorry. his agent. Yeah. Call his agent and say, I figured this out. It's more ferocious. <laughs> So talk to me about the uh, brewery. It's from Erie. Yes, it is. And is it in a farmhouse? No, that's just one of their many styles. Because that style is actually called farmhouse yes. saison. Farmhouse not ale and saison are synonyms. Kind of like a double IPA and an imperial IPA are synonyms. Like it means the same thing. Okay. It's just a matter of how you... Uh, this is the, one of their spring seasonals, actually. Um, and they use a variety of pilsner malts believe it or not which i don't know it based on the flavor makes a lot of sense to me but based on the flavor and the abv and the, excuse me <laughs> wow <laughs> look what happens when i don't drink heavy dark Crazy beer I was like, wow 
And that's why you called her the lady and not me. <laughs> um, and then the hops are another thing that I was, as I was reading up on it earlier, I would, wanted to point out because as Aaron is a loyal listener of the podcast, do you recall what kind of hops have citrusy flavors? No. <laughs> okay. Hops, Orange. Hop hops. strains that are names that start with C. Really? Cascade, Centennial, uh, Citra. All of, like If it starts with a C, or you see it either in the name or in the description, you know it's going to have more of a citrus flavor. Simcoe, for instance, is more of a bittering hop. Um, the one in here is a golding. It's a little more of a bittering hop. It's not a... I think, I think Simcoe hits you more in the back of the throat and like a grab you by the scruff of the neck and say, see, you wanted IPA? I told you I'm hoppy <laughs> kind of way, but okay. Those are my favorite. <laughs> I don't think so. I think your hop slam is very high on the citrus hops. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, I do. Oh, named Leopold or Irish for gold leopard, which appears on the Lavery family crest. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that makes sense. It only took, how long? Eight minutes in? Twelve minutes in? <laughs> yeah. How do you pronounce it? Leopard? I, it doesn't give me a phonetic. It just tells well, me Well, if it's it an Irish language thing, it's not going to be very phonetic. Yeah. So this is their spring seasonal, um, which makes sense with the low ABV and the light color. But they uh, do make a whole variety of other things. A lot of them very Irishy. The Dulacan IPA. Uh, they've got the Belfast Black Ale. So I have it. La Beltane White, Wire, White oh. Fire Wheat Ale. They do like their Pilsner malts. Mm. I got some fruit on it, too, actually. Definitely. Oh, and they have some cilantro on their name page. Look at me put it all together now. I just it's cilantro? Cilantro. Sla oh, cilantro. Yes. I like that one. I, yeah, but I'm not necessarily Irish. I just have an Irish name. So they really, really focus on the small batches, um, even more so than the average microbrewery. They're calling it like nano breweries now. Yeah. Even smaller than a microbrewery. Well, it was like uh, Adroit was right a yes. nano brewery. Though I think Adroit hopes to grow, uh, but they want to make sure they have the quality to keep up with the demand, and so right. they'd rather stay small as long as necessary. Better to keep the quality and grow slowly than to blow up and sacrifice your uh, standards. Exactly. Someone told me that Fat Tire was the largest microbrewery in the country, but they're so I guess they're still considered a microbrewery. I don't know what the definition is, but that they've paired up with Coca-Cola for Coca-Cola to be their distributor. That's why they're all they're a little bit further out in the I United think States. the definition of microbrewery has been very negotiable lately. Because mm. Sam Adams is still yeah, Sam technically Adams calls considered. themselves a microbrewery too, oh. and I don't call Sam Adams a microbrewery. Uh, same with Sierra Nevada. Now Ian and I argue about Sierra Nevada. Um, why? Because I think that they're too big to be, and he thinks they still have the microbrew edge. Though, I'm learning, I was doing a bunch of research online yesterday, and they do have, they have a lot of things that seem really creative and a little more out there that I would think are more akin to a typical microbrewery, um, but you just don't see them. You know what I mean? Like, you see their IPA, you might see their torpedo, which is actually a pretty good um, double IPA. But they have like 12 other beers that 
oh, well, yeah, I would try that, but you just don't ever find them. So I don't know if they're made in smaller quantities, not as well distributed, if you can only get it on the West Coast where, you know, Sierra Nevada is. I don't know the answer to that. So. What's the next one that we're doing after this one? I mean, we got a little while yet to go. Say, and you just poured the bottom of that bottle out, and I'd like to note that you cannot see at all yeah. through that nope. now. Whereas it's almost a so Aaron's looks like a lawnmower brown. ale, like a true pilsner almost. Yeah. And mine is completely cloudy. It looks more like a hefeweizen. Yeah. With a really creamy white head. Like a dark hefeweizen, to be honest. Uh, there are. I've seen bartenders who believe in rolling the bottle sideways before you open it. I was going to ask about that. We can try that with the next one if you like. Is that one also? That way it spreads out more. Yeah. But it still... I did not read whether or not this one is unfiltered, but it's a Weizenbach, and a lot of times, yes, in my experience, they are unfiltered. Okay. So where did you get this one? Like at a regular... The the farmhouse, uh, yeah. Lavery, I actually got in Lancaster at mm. the new um, Hunger and Thirst beer shop that just opened. So it's like uh, a really nice cutting-edge gastropub for the Lancaster area. Um, but then they have a bottle shop off the back of it. So that made sense to me. I actually bought it because it's summer and it's a farmhouse and we keep mm -hmm. making fun of ourselves for not drinking enough light beer on the podcast for the summer. Um, did not realize till I got it home that it's from Erie. So that makes a lot oh. more sense in terms of distributing wise that it is from Pennsylvania. Um, the next one that we are going to try, sorry world, I keep putting it in and out of the ice bucket, is uh, a Weizenbach from Scuttlebutt Brewing Company in Everett, Washington. So Washington State. Yes. Okay. Washington State. So this one I did get at Total Wine, and they're really proud of themselves on their website. Uh, Scuttlebutt or Total Wine? Scuttlebutt. They are. <laughs> super, Total Wine is too. <laughs> well, but that's why they're super well distributed for being a fairly small brewery because of their partnership with Total Wine. Oh, okay. So that's what they're really proud um. of. So um, that's. I'm at the point now where I know my local Total Wines aisles really well. And so when I see something, if it is a style or a brewery or something that I haven't seen before, I grab it. And that way, when we're sitting around going, what should we podcast about this week? I'm like, well, I haven't tried this yet. Let's give it a go. Have you tried different beers from all over the country? I mean, it seems that you have, but like, have you, have you tried like Utah beer? We were just talking about Utah beer the other day, actually. Really? Yes, when we were watching the polygamy oh, yeah, show on yeah. TV. <laughs> the TLC one. Thank you so much for that segue, Eric. <laughs> He's like, we were going to keep that a secret forever. What are you talking about? I was talking about that at work, too. Really? that show, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We've tried a whole bunch of different states. It would be interesting to get a map, actually. Yeah, and plot out the ones. From because the I places. feel like we're, we drink more heavily on the coasts than we do in middle America. What, We've found some Matt good Elf, Missouri, Michigan? some Michigan, yeah. uh, some St. Louis. Is Mad Elf Michigan? I don't want to have screwed that up. I don't know. Did you really just say that? It's Michigan, right? Mad Elf is in Harrisburg. I saw it brewed before my own eyes. Oh, it's Trogues. Yes. Yeah, duh. Sorry. Bells is Bells is what I was thinking. <laughs> there you go. At least you didn't completely mess it up. Oh, it man. Slam. If it okay. were anyone but Aaron as a special guest, you would have to duck right now as things come flying <laughs> at you, I think. Max might have been, like, red in the face with his little twilight hair at the tip. <laughs> with his twilight hair. <laughs> He'd be sparkling all over the place. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so his birthday is July 4th. That's very cool. Uh, and I think we're going to podcast July 3rd, so I told him he gets to pick his 
birthday beer. And uh, I think pressure's on. So I didn't get a birthday podcast. I'm only now noticing Ian got a birthday podcast. I did not get a birthday podcast. You can make this your birthday podcast. A birthday! <laughs> Happy Farmhouse Saison Day! I'm gonna say do over. <laughs> Especially if you look at what I just posted online. I put the top eight most expensive beers in the world. In the oh, world? What was the it. most expensive one? Ooh, something like $800 a bottle. Jeez. Because Ian always talks about Sink the Bismarck. Um, which is not actually the one that comes in a taxidermied squirrel. That's a different one. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Aaron's like, of course, I have a taxidermied squirrel. Is that a beer squirrel. or a uh, hard alcohol? Beer. It's beer, really. Yeah, it's just high enough. For and I don't even like paying $6 for a beer. Yeah. I told him maybe we just need better sponsorship. <laughs> then we could try it all out a little bit. $800 beer. Oh, so... Uh, my friend who brews his own beer is going to put is going to try to make his own. Um, I think they call themselves the Ice House Brewery, but anyway, they're making their own beer, but they're going to put. Um, crap! I totally messed this one up. They're putting going to put some berries in it, and I asked them to name it Harper's Berry. Oh, oh that's, that's nice. adorable. As in that's Harper's neat. Berry. Okay, so this isn't completely awful. So the number one most expensive beer in the world is Sapporo's Space Barley. Uh, when in 2006, Japanese and Russian scientists tested how well barley could grow in space. Uh, so that's why you're paying for basically yeah, the I fact that it has that. a really long commute time. Yeah, that I can see is expensive. But, so that is, want to guess for one six pack of 5.5% ABV, how much that costs? A six pack. Forget everything I said earlier. My numbers were awful. So okay, yeah, a six pack. I'm gonna say a hundred and fifty dollars. I'm gonna say a thousand. One ten. Good job. Oh. Um. That's really not that expensive. No. I guess it's a six pack, not a right case. Uh, there you can get a five hundred milliliter bottle of Tutankhamun ale. Mm-hmm. What's the story behind that one? Six percent. Um. In 1990, an archaeologist unearthed Queen Nefertiri's royal brewery, um, and he found 10 chambers containing traces of ancient beer residue, and so they sort of used an electron microscope and worked backwards to make this 3,200-year-old recipe. Um, it almost sounds like the dogfish. Just a Jesus. Dog yeah, fish like yeah. the, yes. Well, the first bottle sold for $7,686, but now you can get it for a lot cheaper. Because they were like, this doesn't taste very good. <laughs> Do it, they drink it out of a straw? It, it, no. <laughs> Though I suppose you can if you want to be authentic. I actually really like the box it comes in. It's a wooden box that has hieroglyphics on the side. Uh, I think that's kind of pretty. Oh, that's neat. But the 500 milliliter bottle is $75 now. That's a lot cheaper than the first one. <laughs> the first one. I feel like you've got to make that non-carbonated. Because you know they didn't carbonate back in the day, right? I mean, there was no way for them to do that. Oh, that's what it is. Wouldn't you be annoyed if you bought that first bottle for 7000 <laughs> Yeah. See, and that's only 6%. Okay, Ian, I misrepresented Ian. I'm sorry. I can hear him, like, reaching through the microphone and saying, listen, woman, get my words right if you're going to quote me. Sink the Bismarck is not the most expensive. It's the highest ABV at 41%. Jeez Louise. A beer? Yes. It's, oh my God, I would have a It's, a it's almost not a German-style quad... And it is $80 for a normal bottle, 375 milliliters. It doesn't seem like it would taste very good. 
Uh, no, I think you'd almost need to do it like a cordial or something. Yeah. Like, Just because, I mean, you go and you drink the dogfish head that's 18 to 24% there, uh, 120 minute. And that's, you know, that Still sort of borders on, it's yeah. really, you know, What's the it has enough one? alcohol, uh, 120 minute. That has enough alcohol in it that it stings when you drink it. Well, and actually, in terms of, oh, see, no, he's wrong again. Okay, so also super well-reviewed is Sam Adams' Utopias, actually, which comes out every other year. Um, and that's $150 a bottle and 27% ABV, but that is beer that is aged in sherry, brandy, cognac, bourbon, and scotch casks for up to 18 years. Jeez. And also contains a touch of maple syrup. So that's, I think you're getting really thick sweet. and sweet and yeah. That's a big way to mask high ABV though, I think. The 120 minute does that too, if it's very sweet. Jason, you took German. Here, pronounce that one for me. That one's even higher than Sink the Bismarck. Hagen uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know ice cream. I could totally pronounce that word. It's actually a fake word. Is it really? Mm -hmm. They wanted it to sound fancy. They oh. actually originated from New Jersey. Schorschbrow. Okay. So tell us about that one then. Yeah. About it? Yeah. It was released in October. The Schorschbach 57 claims to be the strongest beer in the world. Okay, so, so apparently Ian was right up until October. Is that what we're saying? Did At least say last September? October, yeah. He just said in general, like it was oh, the most, okay. the highest ABV in general. It is a 57.5% ABV. I don't think I drink liquor that that is that high. And really. if well, you go scotch, any higher. Wait, what was it? It's 57.5%. Oh. Yeah, I don't even think so there's. So that's like 115 proof. That's like a moonshine. <laughs> They say here, uh, if you go higher than that, it, it would violate Germany's 500-year-old purity law. Oh. Oh, Germany. They love their rules. It's 115 proof, according to the uh, description. My mental math, naturally. <laughs> totally my mental math. Oh, yeah, it doesn't sound pleasant it. to uh, So, Brew Dogs, The End of History is the one that comes in the taxidermy animal. It's $765 and 110 proof. The third strongest and second most expensive beer on the planet. It's a blonde Belgian ale. I think there's just something awesome about, do you see like that squirrel definitely has like a bottle coming out of its mouth? I just don't understand. Can you imagine being at a dinner party and being like, pardon me while I pop the top oh, of my yeah. squirrel so I can serve you some beer? That I don't think I would try it. it. No. Because no, I, I wouldn't it. want to touch the squirrel. Yeah. I'd rather that be hidden and someone just hand it to me. So you would still drink, you just don't want to see where it's coming from. Yes. It's kind of like McDonald's. It's kind of like a lot of food. I don't want to <laughs> see where it's coming from. That's true. Oh, this is funny. This might be the best story ever, actually. Number nine. In the U.S., Pabst Blue Ribbon is one of the cheapest beers you can buy, but in China, it's the Mercedes-Benz of beers. No. At $44 a bottle, Chinese <gasps> PBR costs 44 times more than what's sold in the U.S., and it's not the same blue collar swirl. Uh, PBR 1844 is made from German caramel malt and is aged in uncharred American whiskey barrels and comes from a fancy glass bottle instead of a tin can. So, what, but is it the same recipe or is it totally different? Because that almost I makes think it sound like it's different. totally different. Yeah. I bet, I don't know, maybe it's just the PBR's marketing thing. Like, if they tried to market a high end beer, would we laugh at them here? You know what I mean? Yeah, it almost makes more sense for them to. Create a different well, isn't, company. Well, isn't either. that with I don't know how much Foster's costs here or in Australia, but 
no one actually drinks it in Australia. Oh, really? Whereas here, we think it's the Australian beer, and they're like, yeah, that's that's terrible beer. Well, we do the same thing in the UK. We go over there. Oh, and like, oh I they all drink good Budweiser. Yeah. Whereas uh, we would not necessarily do that. All right, I'm breaking the rules, and you I'm very, very sorry. You've been breaking sorry. the rules for quite a while. All right. So I just got a Facebook message from Vince Umbrino, who said, I have a beer question. I'm making lamb loin chops with thyme and rosemary suggestions for a pairing. Oh, lamb. I adore me some lamb. See, but the rosemary and all that throws it, too. You got a lot of strong flavor there. Yeah, I think you can't go too dark, because... As much as lamb's a very flavorful meat, it isn't, it's not a heavy meat, if that makes sense. Right. So I think the herbs would keep you pretty, um... Is lamb considered a red meat? It is in my mind. I don't know what it is in the dietary mind. Jason, thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to be able to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) When's the last time you had lamb? It's been a long time. Have you ever had lamb? Yeah, we had it at um, uh, Zalav. What was the one? Zahav. Zahav, that's it. Yes. We had the line there and lamb chops and all that stuff. But I mean, real lamb, we had it at Zahav. Oh, in, yeah. Not uh, Philly. It was good. Rich Lee loves it there. We've Zahav. Talked, yeah. Yes, we've talked about it on the podcast. That was before. our first one, right? Yes. Have I told the, Have you told this story before? No, you want to tell the story? So that was uh, my Christmas present to Shannon. Um, what was it? Four years ago now? Three years ago? I guess four. Four, four yeah. years ago. Um, I gave her a calendar, and on each month I had marked down a top 50 restaurant from Philly of the whole bunch of different styles. So um, each month we'd go to a different high-end place. So one of them was Zahav. That was our first one, which is like Israeli, I guess. They call it Middle Eastern, but really it's pretty Israeli. Okay. And then we went to Amada after that, which is a Spanish tapas. Uh, place and then Morimoto. Marimoto. So a whole bunch of um, like high-end places so we could try a bunch of different uh, uh, restaurants throughout the year. Just thought it was a cool idea because it's a gift that you know you kind of get to relive Keeps on every giving. month. Right. And uh, since I taste my memories, which yeah. is a quote from my new Beer Mistress article online. <laughs> <laughs> but it is also... Um, Oh, I also changed that quote, by the way, to tasting memories rather than tasting my memories. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> you can change it back. It's easy. Uh, I will be changing it back because I say it like seven times a day in real life. So <laughs> Tasting my memories. Um, but uh, the only problem with that gift is it becomes extraordinarily expensive mm-hmm. over time because these are all nice places where it's like 150 $200 to eat for two so people. So was the next year the top 50 places that weren't that expensive yeah. but still really good? The top 50 <laughs> McDonald's. Over the course nice. of like, here's a couple of Groupons for you, my love. <laughs> no, we actually didn't even make it through a whole year because mm-hmm. we ended up moving out of Philly and now I like, now I eat better in Philly than I or did Or you were bankrupt either there. way. <laughs> yeah. So what is your answer to man on Facebook? I. It would Vince. be lamb is not a red meat. Is a red meat. <laughs> That would be the answer. Um, A, I would like to say, Vince, whom I have not talked to in forever, accolades to you, sir, for making lamb for dinner on a Saturday afternoon, because that's kind of fantastic. Well, is he making it, or is he just in charge of finding the beer to pair it with? You know, that's a good question. No, I'm pretty sure. Hold on. 
He sent me like four messages. This must be urgent. I don't know if he's in the grocery store trying to buy <laughs> the beer. Probably in total wine like, right now. I got some, I got text messages, Facebook messages, and a tweet that says like, <laughs> I need help with this beer. Um, so what's the answer? We can describe it to other folks as we text him back. And that's true. I I should describe and one of you should text because I don't know that I can do both. Um, I like to think about it in more of a, a gamey wild meat because it's not something that you get just anywhere in the grocery store. He should have wild yeast with his wild life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a bad piece of advice, actually. I would go darker. I think that this beer that we're drinking right now is a little too but light. Keep for in what mind, too, he's got all the herbs that are going to be Is he barbecuing strong. it? Think about it. Because right, that, wouldn't that like, make a what? difference if you're barbecuing and you're outside? Because it's a beautiful day here. Absolutely. No, the way that you cook it absolutely will yeah. affect. Because you end up with a nice char on it. Then you're competing with that sizzle in addition to, like, the proteininess of meat. Um, my original thought was something German. Something a little more weedy, a little roastier, warmer malt, a little caramel almost. Not sweet caramel, more like a, like a heated up. I'm trying to think, remember back to Verlin, brewing with Verlin, and we had like the regular malt that just came out of the sack, and then we had like the roasted malt that had the darkness mm -hmm. to it, and when you bit into it, you could taste almost like, ah, like I felt like I was cooking on a campfire kind of thing. I think that would be great. Um, with chocolatey or a lamb sure. yeah for sure um i'm gonna say don't go super dark i wouldn't do a stout or something with it but i might do a nice roasty multi porter with it i might do a good saison i don't know that just seems so dark it depends on how long he's cooking it if he's saucing it i wouldn't do it without sauce i think it would be too much if it was a dry meat um, I'm, I should pull up, uh, Ian and I did lamb chops on one of our very first beer dinners ever. Um, I almost feel like something that has more of a fruity uh, do you know flavor what? to it would go really well. Uh, St. Bernardus ABV, or ABT 12. I would totally do that. What's that French, text uh, <laughs> Lambic? If he's looking for it. Lambic, oh, Lambic? not at all. Oh, no. I think okay. that's going to be that's too bad. much. That's bad. Lambic is sour. Um, Doesn't it taste Lambic like is fruit? fruit? Yeah. Yes. Um, you might as well have wine at that point. Short rib. I'm looking at her old <laughs> menus. None of it's these. Totally breaking rules right now. I am breaking so many rules. Well, it's not my fault. No, it's not on here. Okay. Um. I think so a Doppelbach would be great. Uh, let's. You know what? Now's a good time. Let's open this Weizenbach because it's German style. It's darker. And poor Vince is just walking around. Poor Vince is like, well, the supermarket Shannon, waiting for Shannon. I guess I'm gonna have to have some wine with my lamb chops because someone hasn't answered me yet. Can you get it? Um, yeah, I'm good. Um, I would do an Aventinus. I would do. Of course you would. Ah, I just love it. I am very, very encouraged by the color of this beer. I think this has promise. If it, oh, nope, it does not taste nearly as weedy as I expected, but not well. No, I didn't taste it yet. I was going to say, it. smell? <laughs> yeah, it does not smell nearly as weedy as I expected. It has a certain <laughs> taste, but I can't think about it. I can't think what it is. To me, that is wow. roasted plums, figs. Um, this might work, actually. I did want something weedier, but that's nice in its own right. I definitely I think taste with the figs. rosemary, I think that would work. 
Okay, guys, sorry. So we just opened the Scuttlebutt Weizenbach. I like the name, Scuttlebutt. I think it's kind of awesome <laughs> that this is the biggest glass of beer I've ever, ever poured Aaron. Would you like to guess the ABV on this one? Five, six, I'm gonna three. I'm going to guess 11. Seven, nine. Oh, really? whoa. Got <laughs> to pace myself here. <laughs> Otherwise, Harper's going to be driving home. <laughs> Harper's like, Harper is chewing his foot right now. Harper is a dog. Let's just <laughs> yes. throw that out there. He's not a child or um, Also, squirrel. Harper has a sick belly and probably doesn't want to drive on 66 today. So <laughs> let's leave She hasn't mastered stick shift either. So. Yeah, that's definitely stronger. It has the fruitiness. I'm, okay. okay, Vince. You're in New York, so you have a great selection of beer. Um, is he in New York City? Yes. Well, according to the post, since, you know, Facebook now tags the location of everything. Yes. Um, stay away from the light stuff. No Pilsners. No lagers, in my opinion. No lagers. Uh, no stouts. We're going to go both, both ways. No super light. No super dark. Uh, German wheat beer. Yes. Nice spicy Doppelbach. Yes. That's got to be German wheat beer. It means the same thing. Um... I think porter, if you're going to sauce it, if you're going to put a red wine sauce on top, if you're going to do something like that, I think you can do a porter. Jason is still skeptical. Don't hops it up. No IPAs. Oh, why? Because. I mean, I guess it'd be too bitter with the, yes, with the lamb. Exactly. And if you're paying to make a good quality lamb, you want to taste the meat. And I think that the bitterness of an IPA is going to bully you over. Um, I think you could do a Belgian quad, which is going to have a lot of the similar flavors of this Weizenbach. It's going to have a lot of those um, sort of raisiny and dried stone fruit kind of flavors to it. See, and that goes really well with lamb, though. For some yes. reason, I always think of the two together. That's exactly what I'm thinking. So go go a nice a Belgian double or a Belgian quad. Belgian triples are very light effervescent. I would skip over that. But what I would about Belgium it. singles? Not very often you really see a Belgian style. <laughs> They'll say a Belgian style fill in the blank. Only on Match.com. <laughs> well done. I mean, yes. I was trying Belgian... to figure out a way to do it. Come up with it. Well done. Belgian singles totally exist. But usually a brewer is going to take a Belgian style and combine it with something else if they don't want to go as far as a double, triple, or quad. Ian does not like Belgian quads because the man hates raisins. In the quote of the century from the podcast, he would rather eat a baby than a raisin. <laughs> wow. Is he like plums? No, I guess that wouldn't be the same thing. That's not what grape. I wanted to say. Grape. Is grape. Right. grape. Yes, he likes grapes. He likes plums. He will even eat prunes. prunes. But raisins. But is it a texture? Raisins he, actually, really he, eats dry, he hates dried fruit across the board. Like if, if I would try to put... So it's a texture thing. I don't know what it is. Next time we podcast with him, you have my permission to ask. I don't know what it is. Okay. Have you tried this one yet? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm drinking them out of turn. That's what happens when I hold the bottle and a glass. I get to try both at once. Come on, I was describing it. How was I describing it without tasting it? Boom. So it's good. I get the raisin. I get the plum. I get all that stuff. Fig. I've said that eight times. You like could have fig. a Fig Newton for dessert with this. <laughs> there you go. They pair very well. Boom. It's fruit and cake. And cherry, too. A cookie. It's just a cookie. But not sour cherry, right? More like a nice ripe red cherry? More like the Lancaster County cherry. I would go sour cherry. Would you? Let me try again. What's the cherry that you put on the top? 
Monticello. Oh, maraschino. Maraschino. Mm -hmm. I actually don't eat those, so I have no Good idea. But I just wanted to throw in my two cents. They're a little terrifying. If you ever watch like a Food Network show about how they're made. Oh, you know what you should never watch that's made? Ranch dressing. Why? That face. Caesar dressing. Why are we not a worse. video podcast? Take a picture of that face. <laughs> that was amazing. Wouldn't Caesar dressing be worse? Yeah. They're both pretty bad. Jason just does. Jason loves Caesar, but does not appreciate that there are well, ever since I saw anchovies. Mad Men. Yeah, I saw it on oh. Mad Men. It was like raw egg anchovies and like what? Your ranch is just uh, just mayonnaise. Yeah, basically. Yep. Mm. What else did we just mention earlier that we were like, you don't want to see how it's made? It's like the McDonald's food. <laughs> Any of it? Yeah. 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 Some things I just want to pick up, not know. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> so I like it. So tell us about this uh, brewery. Yes. Is it pronounceable? Is it pronounceable? Well. Oh, it's scuttlebutt. Yeah. Scuttlebutt. No matter what. <laughs> yes, because we've already pronounced it. I would love it a, a t-shirt that said that. Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt. The What's the scuttlebutt? beer uh i totally appreciate that there it says share scuttlebutt with a friend that's like gossiping in the corner and their logo is a uh polar bear holding a beer uh, that's pretty cool it's kind of like coca-cola yeah actually it's kind of like grown-up coca-cola uh their I main set for animals i'm just gonna say this out loud don't hate me scuttlebutt but my husband jason could help you redesign your website make ah. it a little more <laughs> Fancy schmancy. Is, That's their main page, which is mostly just seven different definitions of what scuttlebutt means. And there's also a random picture of a girl in the background. A cartoon girl. I'm going to say it's probably a mermaid. Oh. Yeah, I could see that. But there's no mer. It's just maid. <laughs> hey, mer means sea, right? In French? Yes. So it's made of the sea? Whoa. Mind blown <laughs> just now. <laughs> So that's what mermaid comes from. I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever thought about it before. They have How a... did you know that in French? Because I used to take French. Oh, okay. That's a good reason. I think it's mare, though. M-E-R-S. They have a pretty awesome looking um, restaurant on site in Everett, Washington. If you're ever in the area, their bar looks like, whoa, it looks like they took one of those very large uh, trees from out west that are like bigger redwood than, yes Red. it looks like they have a huge section of a redwood and made it the bar in their restaurant that's pretty cool pretty gorgeous except for they killed the tree for the making and of that they, bar well you know i bet they fall over every couple <laughs> hundred years or so we're gonna give them the benefit of the doubt okay okay um and they have you know hoppy hour from two to six every day so you can go in and enjoy it's a it's a pretty good time by the look of it and now on tap show me more show me more oh it doesn't work Okay, so that's what we know about Scuttlebutt. They're in Washington. So is Scuttlebutt, in their definitions, is there anything about the ocean? Well, the first one is a drinking fountain on a sailing ship. Okay, because there's definitely a theme, I would think. Yeah, well, and they're in Washington. Yeah, I so feel like they So if you look at all of their labels and stuff, and with their mermaid and the uh, main page, it's definitely a very nautical kind of feeling. Yeah, I definitely so. associate nautical stuff with Washington State. I would like to yeah. go to Washington State, but I don't know that I would want to live in Washington State, if that makes any sense at no. all. Um, because I I like warm. And you like the sun <laughs> I like and seasons. It was nice when we went, though. It's a beautiful. It's beautiful to drive around there. Is it? See, yeah, up and I've down the never coast. Been, I've never been north of 
San Francisco. Like, I've oh. been San Francisco, Tahoe, but they're about on the same, but I've never been north of there. I heard Seattle's great. Um, yeah, I really want to go to Seattle, too, but again, to visit, mm. not to um, not to live. Well, maybe after you visit, you decide you want to live there. Sunshine. I like sunshine. <laughs> but the breweries would be so good. Yeah, we have to set up a tour, I think. That's one of our next steps is to do a, either a West Coast tour or just a state tour. I have this distinct feeling we're going to end up putting up like one of those quizzes on Facebook. It's like, where should we go and let the <gasps> yes. people pick our... Uh, let the people pick. Because no matter... I think, well, part of it is, as scary as it is to put your hand in the fate of the listeners, um, there's too many options. Like, there's probably like 30 good places that I really want to go. And so I'd be better off if someone just said, no, this is where you're going. And you can, you can give me a state or a route, and that'll mean six different breweries. You know, yeah. it's not like it's just one place. But That's the tricky thing is you've, kinda, you've got to limit it. Otherwise, you'll end up in Michigan and Harrisburg and Washington <laughs> State and all over the place. What's in Harrisburg? I forget. Trogues. <laughs> <laughs> so you've obviously been to Seattle, I'm guessing. Cause... No, I've never been. Oh, well, that, my... like, I feel like you're selling me on Seattle. Well, you've my never friend went and loved it. So okay. she's a big star. You're a Starbucks person. Yes. First one is out in Seattle. Yeah, I read and, the book. Uh, <laughs> and so she just loved it. And then there's that wharf where you can throw things, the fish The throw. fish are throw, yes. Fish Fisherman's throw. wharf. So, yeah, yeah. It may be the poor man's Ireland. I probably... <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm sure both analogy. people would probably disagree. But, uh, Why did they call it See, that? if I was going on a road trip for beer, I would choose like the most random state and then just try to figure it out from there. Oh, like Kansas. See, the problem is... Like Kansas. If I were going on a road trip for beer, I would be going for the beer and not the road. And so I would want to figure out where I could go with like maybe bicycling between places or that something. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Cabbing. Cabbing would be a good Cabbing. idea. Limo. Limo. We just need to get fancy enough to take a limo, I maybe. still think that there is some missed niche of, you know, how they do limo tours of the wineries. Like, there should definitely be some kind of limo tour of beer breweries. I know they're not in the same area, so it would be a little bit harder, but I think that would, to I me, think if you did beer, the Stretch Hummer limo thing. Yes. That seems to fit a little better. It's badass With antlers on the on the front. Yeah. Depends on how far south you're going, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Perhaps I'm thinking, well, North, North Dakota. North Korea, <laughs> is that what you're about no, to I say? No, I was definitely going to say Dakota. North Korea, I thought you were saying North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> they might have Very antlers different. in North Korea. I hear they have great beer. It's made out of bark and rice. Something <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That we gave to them. <laughs> we need to get Erin her own little, like... Either Symbol. drum set, yes. or, yeah, because yes. she keeps like sitting over there making her own sound effects, but there is no sound There's effect no sound to be effect. made. I do this at work as well. It's actually quite embarrassing, <laughs> so I'm the only one laughing at my own jokes. Um, but yeah, what well, what state do you think is the most? See, I don't know how you would go by it, but like microbreweries. Yes. So that's what seems that you guys are trying here are right. more microbreweries. So I wonder what state has the most? California. Because it's the largest Boom. state. It started out there. The microbrew revolution started out there. So it took it a good 15, 20 years to work its way east. And so California was building itself up while the rest of us were just catching up, if that makes any sense. So there was no other microbrewery. Well, what's the definition of microbrewery? It's a barrel per year. Yeah. 
So certain number, there yeah, there was Sam number. Adams when he first started. There is Harpoon. Uh, I guess technically Yingling was for a little while. Harpoon's American? Yeah, I've been there. I For some reason, I thought it was like English. Nope. Oh. I remember thinking... Or I'm was, thinking Harps. Yeah, no, Harps is totally... Irish. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> I like it better. So let's go back to Scuttlebutt. Harpoon is a thing you use in the ocean. Oh, nice. Harps nice. is what you play when you become an angel in a cartoon. Hmm. <laughs> is that a good... <laughs> Or awful. Terrible. <laughs> metaphor. I mean, okay. It's pretty good. It was kind of Looney Tunes-ish. So again, you got this at Total Wine? A scuttlebutt, yes. Okay. So we're do most of our shopping now, I think, isn't it? Unless we go up north to uh, Philly. What's well, a good selection? Yes. Um, in Pennsylvania, you have to be more creative with bottle shops just because the state owns all liquor. Yeah. Um, but here in Virginia, since you can get it in grocery stores and convenience stores and stuff like that there's more options but then to get the really unique kind of beer you know because if a grocery store only has one aisle they want the Sutter home and the turning leaf yeah. and the flip-flop and the stuff they know you're gonna buy um, so they're gonna spend their beer aisle on you know Budweiser and Corona in the summer and does beer ever come in boxes like, boxed there's beer. boxed wine. Why not boxed beer? I have never seen boxed beer. I think because of the carbonation. I think it would be hard to keep it carbonated mm. in the plastic. But I would say call up a brewery or two and see what they, what magic they can make. They wouldn't be surprised if it's something about how the carbonation would seep through the plastic at some point. I have no idea. I'm totally talking as though I know what I'm talking about. But Well, I know Budweiser sometimes has those plastic. Though I guess that's totally different than actually good quality beer. There's a very strong movement towards cans. And yeah. my next top 10 is actually top 10 beers and cans. I just put mm. it together. I just need to finesse it and make it pretty for the website. I just like screw top wine, was very skeptical for a long time. And then when I really started digging into this topic, I found out that a lot of the beers that I love and respect also come in cans. And I think that they would not do that if they could not keep the integrity of the beer intact. Now, do you think it would... Not necessarily taste, yeah, taste different. So for the only example I can think of is soda. I actually prefer Diet Coke out of a can and Diet Pepsi out of the bottle. Like given the choice, it's my own crazy thing, I'm sure. It has nothing to do but with the packaging and everything to do with the water. <laughs> <laughs> that so joke was entirely for Aaron and no one else, I'm the water. sorry. <laughs> uh, I say water just like you people. <laughs> I don't understand why the, uh, why the can thing is a debate. There's a fly. That's why I'm waving <laughs> my hand around in the air. You look like... very passionate as you're like <laughs> throwing things through the air. It's just either yeah. that or it's your jazz hands of happiness. Tell me more. What? So I don't understand. Okay, so can versus bottle. The bottle lets more light through, but the can has kind of a tinny taste to it, or adds a tinny taste to it, doesn't it? Or is that not really? I'm the case? starting to think, and I we should do a taste test of. We really should do a whole podcast on can versus bottle. Yes, same beer. Can and bottle, can we taste the difference? You know, like one person should know blind and two people test. should blind taste test. Um, I am starting to think that the technology behind cans is improving enough that it's not quite like, you know, back in the day when it felt like you were licking a tin can every time you drank your Sprite or your Fanta or whatever it is that you were drinking. That being said, I don't know the last time I had a clear bottle. Um, when I went to the beer class... Uh, with Feinberg, the Feinberg fired up um, Belgian class that I went to. Green bottles are apparently very, very much considered out. They are the most 
guilty when it comes to skunking. Right. Um, so it should... Because it lets more light through. Correct. And the, the sort of, I guess, the UV of the damaging light comes through a green bottle a lot better. Let's look at the two on the table right now. They're both dark brown. Um, so, you know, did we also find a kind of glass that also makes the skunking kind of less relevant? Hmm. I don't know. So maybe next podcast or something like that? or soon? Well, next podcast goes to Max for his birthday. But I True. would say this summer, yes, for sure, we should do that. We should do the can versus the bottle. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, in the meantime, I am going to scuttle off. See what I did there? <laughs> scuttle off and respond to poor Vince, who just needs to buy some beer for his lamb chops. Uh, but if you want to pull events during a podcast or not, and you ever want some tips on what to drink with breakfast, lunch, dinner, your date, or, you know, whatever life's got. Watching a DVD season. You can always find me on Twitter. <laughs> I am at Beer Mistress. Uh, I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dashing Rogue. And uh, we are online at dashingrogue.com. And now we just launched beermistress.com. I am so excited. Yay. So that's where you also find the top tens. I would say you can find the top ten beers in the can within the next four days or so. So nice. find us. Ms. Erin, thanks Thank for you. joining us. Thank you for inviting me and Harper the dog. How did it hold up versus your last Ugandan experience? Much better. Much, much better. Which of the two did you like better? Um, I actually think I like uh, this current one, Scuttlebutt. Yeah? Yeah, but I'm I'm definitely pacing myself more. Say, someone watch her for the next three hours. <laughs> Took a sip. Whoa, I may have to nap right here. Yeah, we're going to just paint a line out back and see how long <laughs> she can walk it. Jason, which one did you like? Uh, I like the second one. I like the scuttlebutt better. Yeah. I'm not. A, I'm just not a farmhouse ale person. Well, it's always good to know when I can put something in the fridge and it won't be touched. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. It's, it's true. Sort of working with your uh, other one right now. What is it? The Lagen Kugels. That one. Yes. I don't touch yours. That's true. You don't All touch right, your Lagen No. Oh, that's kinky. <laughs> <laughs> They're shandies. <laughs> also kinky. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. And I'm Jason. And I'm Erin. Until next time. <laughs>